And if you're Spanish-speaking, we say bienvenidos. Amen. I'm grateful for the body of Christ. I'm grateful for people that are hungry for God. Am I missing something? No, all the kids have been dismissed. I, I, I just love him today. I love the Lord with all my heart. And I don't want to lean on my own understanding. I want to lean upon him. Amen. I want to lean upon him. He's uh, the everlasting arm. He's the great ancient of days. He is the almighty God. And uh, that's who we serve. That's the God we serve. And uh, this morning, I want to I want to minister for just a little bit here. Matthew chapter 2. Turn there with me. Matthew chapter 2. Next Sunday is our Christmas service. And yes, we are having service on Sunday morning. Somebody said, well, it, it's Christmas. This was years ago. Somebody said, it's Christmas and people want to be with their family. And I said, let me tell you something. Why are we celebrating Christmas? I said, it's, Je it's Jesus's birthday. I said, <laughs> I said, we're having church whether you're going to be here or not. You know, that just goes to show the, the, the climate that we're living in that people you know, it's just become a almost a religious exercise. But I can tell you, he's coming back for people that are looking for him. He's coming back for people that have oil in their lamps. Amen. The wise virgins, that's who he's coming back for you. Where's that at, Pastor? In, in uh, Matthew chapter 25, that's not my message. But I'm telling you right now that he's coming back for people that are looking for him. That are looking for his return. But in Matthew chapter 2, I just want to read a short portion of Scripture here. Well, 12 verses, and then we'll pray. But the Bible says this. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets. So they had to have read the prophets, the, the word of God in the Old Testament. Uh, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah... Are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, now he wasn't in the manger at this point. He was a, a, a older, months or possibly even closer to a year, but he was older. And, uh, but it says, when they were come into the house... 
they saw the young child with Mary and his mother, Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. I want you to focus on the one thing that they did when they came into the house. They fell down and they worshipped him. And they began to give him the treasures and the gifts that they had. The gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Let us pray over the word of God this morning. Father, we thank you for the privilege and honor to be here, to open up the bread of life, and to read the word, and to learn from it, to grow and receive from you this morning, Lord. And I just ask that you will rest your hand upon me, that I will carry the anointing today. And God, speak, Lord, and you will minister, even if it's not in my notes, but that I'll speak this morning what you would have me to speak. And God, we will give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we ask and thank you. Amen and amen. I'm, I, I, I'm so glad this morning, before I get started on this message, I'm so glad that Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. You know why I'm glad he said that? Not just because he would draw all men to him, but it takes the pressure off of me to come up with something out of myself to preach to you. If we'll just lift up Jesus, we'll see him begin to draw men unto him. If you'll just lift up Jesus, if you'll just edify and glorify and worship Jesus, all you have to do is lift him up and he will do the rest. Amen? So if you're in ministry, let me just tell you today, the pressure is taken off of you to try to come up with something that's cutting edge and, and something that, you know, all you need to do is just get before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to honor you and glorify you and praise you, and God will begin to do the rest. He will draw all men unto him. I know that was speaking about him being raised up on a cross and lifted up from the earth, but I also know that whenever he's glorified and lifted up and honored and praised, he draws all men unto himself. Amen. So the title of my message, though, this morning is All Struck by the King all struck by the king. And I'm using the wise men as my example. So there is so much we can learn and God revealed thoughts to me that I never really truly considered before. What we know from the context and I want you to get this morning is that the wise men were driven. They were driven to pursue and find the king of the Jews. You and I, the most important thing in our life is to pursue Jesus. Is to pursue God. Is to seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Everything else will be added unto you. But the greatest thing that you could ever do is pursue Pursue him. And they were driven to pursue and find the king of the Jews. I thought about this this morning. Some people, like King Agrippa, were stirred, but they never acted upon what they were stirred about. It was King Agrippa that said, Paul, you've almost persuaded me to believe Jesus Christ. You've almost persuaded me. I can tell you, almost a man doesn't count when it comes to your soul salvation. You better know that you know that 
that you know that you're born again. But there are people that are stirred and they may be, you know, stirred in their spirit with truth and the conviction of the Holy Ghost or the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, but never act upon it. Then there are some people that are stirred by somebody else's stirring. Look, I'm not saying that that's bad. I think that's a good thing, but I want to just say one thing to you. The wise men teach us that we don't have to be echo chambers. We don't have to be echo chambers repeating someone else's passions and revelations and pursuits. We can have our own and we should have our own. God specializes in stirring us to a personal, original pursuit. God wants a personal relationship with you. He wants you to have that personal drive and passion for Him to know like the wise men did the King of the Jews. Where's He at? Where's He at? Because we must worship Him. There's something that He's doing in our lives. And the wise men were driven to search. They were men who who had hearts God, who who had God's heart rather they were men who were driven who had God's heart they were not an echo chamber they were they they were moved by what God had stirred in their heart i want you to think about that this morning like John the Baptist he was not an echo chamber but a voice that was crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way he was in a dark day he was in a wilderness but he's crying out because of what God had prophetically birthed him to do and he said I've come as a voice in the wilderness crying prepare ye the way I can tell you today church when you prepare ye the way you'll always be the one that says behold the Lamb of God if you pursue him you can present him are you hearing me? When you pursue Him and you know Him, you can, you can begin to present Him to people. You can preach the gospel to people. You can preach it with a passion. You can preach it and they'll believe you. The problem with preachers today is that people don't believe what they're saying because they don't believe it themselves. But we must believe. We must have this salvation so down deep. His spirit so down deep in us. That when we preach men's hearts are stirred within them. Amen. They're stirred. So the wise men were pioneers in their time. They were moved by a passionate cause to find the king of the Jews. Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love those that love me. This is God speaking through the wonderful Solomon. I love those that love me and those who seek me early, which is diligently and earnestly shall find me. If you will seek him diligently, you will find him. Do not get discouraged, saint of God, this morning. Do not get discouraged, my friend. Do not get discouraged in your pursuit. Where is God? I don't feel God. I'm not where I want to be. Keep on pursuing Him. Because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to believe God. We must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of the diligent seeker. He loves those that love Him, and those that seek Him diligently shall find Him. Hallelujah. The contemporary English version, which I don't normally quote, but I loved it. It says, and will be found by all who honestly search Him. There has to be a a diligent search, but a search for God. Not just the benefits of God. The benefits will come with Jesus. But seek the healer. 
Seek the Savior. Seek the blessor. Seek the fulfiller. Amen. Seek the man. Seek the God. When I say the man, I'm talking about the incarnate Christ. Seek to find the King of the Jews. Jesus said in John 14, 21, very beautiful scripture in the Word of God, but He said in John 14, 21, He that has my commandments and keeps them, He it is that loves me. Amen. He it is that loves me. You love God this morning. You will want to keep His commandments. Don't say you love God and you don't want to keep His commandments. But if you love Him, you'll want to keep His commandments. You'll want to live a holy life. You'll want to live a pure life. You may make mistakes, but that's the heartbeat of God in you wants to serve God, wants to please God, wants to keep His commandments. Amen. All of them, not just the ones that seem appealing to you. I want the grace. I want God to deliver me. But when it comes to the tithe, I don't want to do that. I can tell you, you can't have a cafeteria Christianity. You've got to believe it all. You've got to obey it all. When he says, I'll bless you and I forgive you, you say, oh, I believe that I must come and repent to God and he will forgive me. But he said also that you must be forgiving. Amen. He said, if you can't be, forgi- if you can't be forgiving, you can't be forgiven. You have to forgive. So we want God to forgive us, but we don't want to forgive other people. Ah, it doesn't work like that. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. My commandments aren't grievous in another scripture. But he said unto them, He that loveth me and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. You want manifestation and revelation and creativity and inspiration. You want all of this knowledge. You want God to manifest himself to you. Then love him with all your heart. Diligently search after him. Seek after him and watch as God begins to bless you with a manifestation of his spirit and presence there is always a manifestation of God to those who love God and seek after God always 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 the wise men were seeking and it came with a cost but also a reward cost you mean their gifts that was just part of it Part of it. Do you know how difficult it was to get the gifts to Jesus? No. We don't. But I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. The wise men were seeking, and it came with a cost, but also a reward. They traveled a long way. They never abandoned their search. Never. If you don't hear anything else I say, Christian believer, because believe me, I know what I'm getting ready to say to you. I know the devil. I know the Antichrist spirit that we live in. I know the temptation to pull you out and to lure you out and to get you to quit. I know that it's real right now. I know that it's strong. I know that people are going through valleys and wildernesses and they're thinking, my God, where am I at? They may not even say anything to me, but I know that. I know from what I'm going through in my own life, what I feel in my own life, but I know this much. If you don't abandon the search, you will arrive at the destination that you've set out to arrive at. Amen. But it doesn't mean that it's not going to be a journey without hills and valleys, without, you know, 
wildernesses and without times where you're fighting the enemy the whole way it seems like but I promise you that if you will not give up if you'll not faint in your well doing you'll reap if you faint not amen in due season don't give up just keep on plugging away they started out from somewhere around Babylon making their way over to Jerusalem only on the message of what they read in the scriptures the prophetic message and they went on that we're looking for the king of the Jews that thank God for the, 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 the star that they saw the light that was leading them God knows how to lead his people to himself amen but they, they had that little flicker of light you say all I've got is a little flicker of light that's all you need is just a flicker of light amen to lead you to where Jesus is at but hear me today they never stopped they kept on walking across that desert to get to where Jesus was and they stopped in Jerusalem they stopped where Herod was because they thought everybody felt the same way they did well, guess what they don't you will find when you're on fire for God that not everybody shares your same sentiment and your passion Amen. You ever notice you get saved, get right with God, and the people that you used to do the craziest stuff with? Come on now. Somebody's face or name popped up in your head, and if it didn't, you're the crazy one. Come on now. But the, the, the people that did the craziest stuff with you, I mean stuff that you don't even tell people. You're like, I'm leaving that part out of my testimony, amen. I mean, it's there, it's part of my testimony, but it's not a shareable one. Come on now, amen. <laughs> but you get right with God and all of a sudden they go, what happened to you? I'm serving Jesus. They're like, you're crazy. No, I used to be crazy. When I was doing all the mayhem with you, now I'm normal. See, I'm, I'm, amen. Amen. I used to be crazy. We used to think that was normal. But this is what the real normal Christian life is all about. The peace of God at night. You know, not having to beat that pillow into submission so you can get some rest. Not having to take a pill so that you can make it through the day. Not having to self-medicate in some form or fashion. But this is the normal Christian life. And you'll see that people are not going where you're going. They'll look at you like, my goodness, they lose your number. Thank God. But they went a long way. And they stood before Herod thinking he wanted the same thing that they wanted. We came to see where the king of the Jews is, he said. Uh, what? Herod was a jealous man. He was a wicked man. Evil. He was jealous. And he said, well, I'd like to know that too. Right, you old devil. When you find him, come and let me know. So they went on their way. 
But I just want to say to you, they put their lives on the line to go in front of a wicked and jealous king. They put their lives on the line as they trucked across that desert for who knows how many months, if not longer. But they became a part of the unfolding of God's plan. They were pursuing to find the unfolding of prophecy about an eternal king of glory. Not a prophecy about themselves, but about Christ. If there's one fatal flaw today that I believe has totally been misdirected and misfocused, it's that all the prophecy is only focused on you. When all the prophecy that I read about and the whole premise of prophecy is about Christ, every prophecy is pointing to Christ, Him coming on the scene, all the things that are orchestrating and put together so that God, through His Son, can come on the scene. But today, all the prophecy is about you. And I said, hold on here just a second. I know that God has an office of the prophet and he specifically speaks to us sometimes in some cases. But I'm going to tell you as a man that has been in this thing for a long time that, that the real that shows up is few and far between. Whether you agree with me or not, I'm going to tell you right now. I have seen even prophecy that has been spoken do more damage than it has done good. And that's just a fact that I've seen stepping back and saying statistically people say things that is not of God. If it is of God, then go on and prophesy. But the prophecy that we read about that they were pursuing was to see where Jesus was. To know the King of the Jews. To find out where the King, the great eternal King laid. Where's He at? We want to worship Him. Amen. We want to praise Him. The prophecy needs to come back. Not directed at man, but directed at God. And directed at the coming of the King. The imminent return of the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. Oh, y'all are so excited. Amen. Amen. They were pursuing to find the unfolding of prophecy about the eternal king of glory. Not a prophecy that is about self, but about Christ. I was reading in Isaiah 26 this morning. Reading in Isaiah 26 this morning. Turn there with me. It's a great, great, great past passage rather in the word of God but Isaiah 26 verse 9 it says with my soul have I desired thee in the night yea with my spirit within me will I seek thee early for when the judgments are in the earth the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness we're going through things right now in this world but God is drawing and bringing in a remnant church are you hearing me he's drawing in a remnant at church getting people ready for the coming of the Lord oh that's an old antiquated message don't you know today that God is going to do something great I believe that we will see pockets of revival and a harvest in this last hour a great effort and a move for a harvest but I've come to tell you right now that this world is going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and more wicked and more wicked and there's not going to be enough people that think that they're going to bring back Jesus 
by what they're doing in good and the kingdom now mentality I come to tell you his kingdom's not of this world but it's of another world amen come on now but he said here in the word of God let favor be showed to the wicked yet will they not learn righteousness in the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord Lord when thy hand is lifted up they will not see but they shall see and be ashamed for their envy at the people yea the fire of thine enemies shall devour them Lord thou will ordain peace for us for thou also has wrought all our works in us and he says O Lord our God other lords beside thee have had no dominion over us but by thee only will we make mention of thy name. In other words, what God is saying is that the whole thrust of our life, the whole pursuit of our life is to make known the Lord Jesus Christ. We're in an unrighteous, evil, wicked time. I can tell you, you can do all the things you want to do to try to change that, but until God changes a man's heart down deep within him and he gets born again, he'll remain the same. But thank God, amen, that He has given us a Savior, that He's redeemed us, that if any man be in Christ, He's a new creature, and all things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. You can be a new creature in Christ. You don't have to go down the road that you're going. You don't have to stay in the state and condition that you're in. You can be changed. God will do that work and make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. All struck by the king. When I got saved, I was all struck by the Savior. My God in heaven. Wise men still seek Jesus. Foolish people reject him. And they found him. Led by the star that shined above the house where Jesus was. And when they came in, they fell down. And they worshipped at his feet. At his crib on the floor there. There's only one response. When you come into the presence of the king. All struck. All struck. All struck worship. I'm in awe. It has absolutely brought me to a place where I can't even speak a word. I'm taken back. There is a posture. A posture when you're all struck. It's called surrendered worship. I watched people this morning as we're singing, is anyone worthy? Is anyone worthy? Is he worthy? I watch people stand up. I'm telling you, it's one of them songs. I'm going to stand up. I'm not going to sit on this one. I'm going to stand up. I'm worshiping God, tears streaming down their face as they're wiping their eyes. Is anyone worthy? He is. He is. I'm taken back. I'm taken back. I'm awestruck. Why are you preaching this, Pastor? Because I see people growing cold. I see people lukewarm. Even in our church. Yeah, here. No. 
I'm going to tell you. God is no respecter of persons. And I can tell you, the devil will take whoever he can get to. You and I, the moment we stop pursuing Christ, we die. We die. Those wise men had went back to Herod, went back backward. They'd have died. He even tried to kill Jesus, but you cannot kill what God has ordained to live. There is a posture when you're awestruck and surrendered in your worship. There's only one reason God led them there. He desired the worship. It's biblical. He desires worship. That isn't an idea that you and I came up with. That's God's idea of redeeming you in the first place so that we would worship. That is why you were created. I stood in a prison years ago and I said, Lord, what am I going to say to these men? They're all, they're all sitting here in these orange jumpsuits and yellow jumpsuits with a number on their arm. Here I am. I'm in here. What am I going to say to them? He said, I want you to tell them that God never ordained this for their destiny. I said, this is not God's best for you. How many of you got kids? I said, your kids need you. They just put their heads down. I said, I'm not here to shame you. I'm here to tell you that God wants you to get right, get up, and get out of here. Because it was a short, it was, a, it was county jail. And so there was a revolving door there. It seemed like they were in and out. But I said, get yourself right with God. Get out of here. Go and take care of your children. Be a father to them men. God never destined you for this. This was not his best for you to sit here and me preaching to you in your orange jumpsuit. God has something better for you. He fearfully and wonderfully made you, brother and sister. He fearfully and wonderfully made you. He's got a plan for you. You don't even know the greatness of what God has in store for your life. If you'll just surrender to him and you'll follow him and pursue him. If you'll be absolutely awestruck by this great king. Of glory. Listen, that is why we were created to worship him. Even Jesus said to the woman at the well, he said, the father seeketh such, in John 4, 22 through 24, the father seeketh such to worship him in spirit and in truth. The hour is coming, he said. The hour is coming when the, when, when, when the Father is seeking those and the hour is coming when men, will wor men and women will worship me, worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He said the hour is coming. The hour came. Jesus hung on a cross, died, rose from the grave. And from that moment on, we're redeemed, we're washed, and we can offer up holy worship unto a holy God in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. Because I can tell you sincerity is not the same as spirit and in truth. There are people that are sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. You can be sincere and be wrong in the way that you believe. 
But I promise you today, whenever God gets a hold of your heart and you wash clean and you're redeemed and you're born again, you offer up. It's an hour and a moment in time when Jesus died on the cross and said it is finished from that moment on. Everybody that comes to the bleeding side of Calvary's cross can be washed and redeemed and now offer up worship and praise unto God from the fruit of their lips. But he said, The Father seeks such to worship Him in spirit and in truth. The hour came when the wise men discovered the object of the search. We all must come to that hour. It's not about religion or ceremony. It's about relationship with the eternal King. They were all struck because He is just that awesome. Our King is just that awesome. Amen. He's just that awesome. God is just that awesome. You know, we got to go back to the Word of God and remember, we can taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. What an awesome God. Amen. In 1990, I tasted and I saw that the Lord was good. Then He gets gooder and gooder and gooder all the time. That's the God I serve. That's the God you serve. Amen. That's who we serve. He never ceases to amaze me and bless me. Amen. And bless you. But they were all struck because that's how awesome this wonderful Christ is. Baby Jesus was precious. He was innocent. He was pure. He was holy. But he represented the hope of salvation and redemption for lost humanity. He was only a baby in infant form, in seed plot form, in seed germ form. Think about that for just a minute. They're looking down and they're saying this is the king of the Jews but he's just a baby you and I have no idea what God has in store for us because God is always moving he's always flowing he's always ever changing and moving and growing and living that's what life does but can you imagine them looking at him and them saying he's the king of the Jews yes and they bowed down right where God took them to but what he was saying to them is that prophecy about my Messiah and my son and my hope of glory and the hope for all humanity is ever progressing and changing and growing just like Jesus is now a baby but he will be a reigning king he is a baby but he will be a great high priest he's just a baby but he will be a martyred prophet he will be all of these things but they're looking down upon him why am I saying this to you do not get discouraged in the position and place where you are at in your relationship with God I only know so little I feel like I don't know anything it's unfolding it's growing it's moving he that has begun this good work in you will be faithful to complete it he's the author and the finisher of our faith what he begins he ends he finishes see we say he, he birthed me Oh, He's going to finish you too. He's the author and the finisher. He's the first and the last. The beginning and the end. He who is, who was, and who is to come. And He's coming. But see, we look and we go, you know, I'm just not seeing what I want to see and know about God. He's just a baby. I can tell you, He grew up to be a man. And he became everything that God prophesied and destined him to be, predestined him to be. 
Are you hearing me? And if he did that in him, he's doing it in you. Do not get discouraged where you're at right now. Amen. You say, this is the first time I've been in church in a long time. Praise God. God's begun to work. He starts somewhere, right? He starts somewhere. Praise God. He starts somewhere. And what he starts, he ends and he finishes. He's a God who does a completed work. But they're looking down. Let me finish here because I don't want to preach all day. Listen. Listen. He represented the hope of salvation and redemption. They knew the word. They knew the word enough to know that they were looking into the eyes of the almighty God. The Prince of Peace. The Wonderful Counselor. The Everlasting Father. That's Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and 7. He is the Wonderful Counselor. The Prince of Peace. The Everlasting Father. The Almighty God. We're looking into the eyes of Him. Yet get this truth. They knew much up to this point. But couldn't know the fullness of God's will until it comes to pass. That's you and I. Amen. That is every one of us. We're living in the exciting moment, but the best is yet to come. Amen. The best is yet to come. I want you to think about that. Sometimes you're living in the moment and you're like, I just feel like there's so much more. There is. There is. Don't get discouraged in the moment. Amen. Amen. God's begun a restoration work in your marriage, and it may be baby steps, but I can tell you it's going to come to a walk, and then it's going to come to a run. Keep doing what you're doing. You're going to keep getting what you're getting. Amen. If you keep sowing into that marriage, God's going to restore it. He's going to restore it. He's going to bring healing. Are you hearing me today? He's going to do it. Praise God. But see, what we do is we get discouraged in the, in the process, but God's going to do it. He's going to restore that. He's going to renew that. He's going to revive that. Hallelujah. Oh, today, all I can tell you is this, that when he begins something, he, he intends on finishing it. Do not get lost in the moment that you're in. Just remember, keep on walking. Keep on searching. Keep on pursuing. Keep on. Amen. Because God's already done so much so far. He's already brought you so far. And He's doing a great work. Amen. Just keep serving Him. Hallelujah. Because church, I want to tell you something. Let me read this to you again. We live in the exciting moment. But the best is yet to come. It wasn't not the Apostle Paul that said in 1 Corinthians 2.9 Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love Him. Amen. God has something great prepared for you. Hallelujah! He's got something great prepared for you. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know, I'm just sitting here thinking about it. And I thought, you know, I was raised in a home. I had a stepdad, but I didn't have my real dad. But I always wanted my real dad. I always wanted my real dad. I wanted a relationship with him. But he didn't have that. And I grew up and I got born again at 17. And God saved me. And he restored my relationship with my dad. But all 
all of those years that I lost, all of those years that I lost, God began to bring it back and restore it in one second. One minute He restored that. But you know what's even greater than that? Is today I stand here in the front aisle and not only did God restore my relationship with my dad, but He showed me the joy and the beauty of birthing children and raising them up in the admonition of the Lord and to see them in the house of God, to see them being used by God and to see your grandchildren raised in the house of God. He said the best is yet to come. I will restore your life. I will restore your family. I will break the cycle that was over your family. I'll break it so that you can be free. Your children can be free. Your grandchildren can be free. The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Eyes not seen, ear is not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for his people and those that love him. Hallelujah. 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 You want to know why you sit there still? You don't believe it. But I've come to tell you today, if you'll believe for it, God will do it. If you'll trust Him, He'll do it. He will restore what the canker worm, the caterpillar, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, and the locust have eaten and destroyed. He's a restoring God. He's a rebuilding God. He's an edifying God. He's a restoring, healing God. Amen. And you haven't even begun to see what God intends to do. So hold on, my brother. Be all struck by the almighty king of glory that will bring it to pass. Oh, I ain't done yet. We know in part. We prophesy in part. But the unfolding of this great eternal God is still to come to pass. There's still much we do not know or haven't experienced yet. Jesus wasn't reigning yet, but he was coming in the process. Jesus wasn't a conquering king yet, but he was preparing to be. Jesus wasn't operating as the great high priest yet, but he was destined to be. In fact, all of the gifts that the wise men gave were connected to recognize every office of Jesus. The gold shows him, and recognizing him as king, royalty. The frankincense was a spice used by the high priest. The myrrh was a spice used in burial because they knew he would be a martyred prophet. Everything was looking to a greater day, a greater experience, a greater unfolding. And they were all struck in the seed form 
Amen. Oh, you All you may have today is just a seed down deep inside you. All you may have is just this faith promise. You say, oh God, you've made a promise unto me. Oh God, you put a seed in my spirit of faith and I'm believing you. I don't see it come to pass just yet, but it's coming to pass. Amen. What God put down deep in your heart, he will bring to pass. They saw that baby. He's not a king yet. But they said, you know what? He's going to be. He's not a martyr yet, but he's going to be. Thank God. He's going to be. He's going to be become the sacrifice and the perfect spotless sacrifice for all human souls and all human redemption. But he hears this frankincense here because after that sacrifice and after he raises from the dead and he's seated at the right hand of the father, he will ever live to make intercession for the saints. So he's a great high priest. He's not just a high priest. He's the great high priest. The great high priest. And you can go to him and say, this is my petition. You can come boldly before the throne of grace. Amen, 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 amen. You can come boldly before the throne of grace and say, this is my petition. This is my need. You are the great high priest who's been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He said, Nina, I know how you feel. Oh, and you say, God help me. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to heal you. I know how you feel. I know how you feel, Kyle. And Kyle says, God help me. God help me. He says, I'm going to help you. I am your great high priest. Don't look to a man. Look to Jesus. You hearing me? I'm telling you, I'm pointing you to Jesus. I'm pointing you to Jesus. Just know this. The devil wants everything to be pointed back to man. They're the ones that can help you. No, 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 no. You can find it on your face before God. You can pray through. You can see a breakthrough in your situation. Just you and Jesus. Amen. Just you and God. Thank God for people that pray. And we pray. And thank God for the body of Christ and the elders. I'm not discounting that. But too many people are hanging all their hopes on what a man will say to them whenever they just need to remember Jesus said it is finished and he said greater power no greater power has been given but unto him amen and he said greater things than these shall you do because I'm going to the father hallelujah all struck by God how can you preach such a way because I'm all struck by God I've been in his presence And when you're in His presence, what you have need of, it's there. Jesus. You know what the devil said to me in my ear this morning? He said, the message you're going to preach is a dead. You can ask my wife. I went in there. You can't believe what that liar says. He's a liar. And the father of all of them. Amen. The father of all of them. Don't believe it whenever he tells you so-and-so's talking about you. No. Don't believe that lie. Amen. And even if they are, who cares? Amen. I care about what Jesus says about me. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. But I told my wife, I said, I come in and I just, I felt frustrated. Just frustrated. I said, my, I'm just, she said, what's wrong? I said, I'm just frustrated right now. Because I just walked down that hallway and the devil said, that message you're going to preach today is an absolute dud. Why well, chose not to believe that lie? I want to be all struck by God. When you're all struck by him, he just touches you in such a way. And you go, Lord, I still need specific things. My marriage may still be in a bucket. My bank account's double zero in the red. My job, they're telling me they're going to lay me off. This is going bad. This is going bad. The world's in a mess. All of these things. But you can come into his presence and you can say, you know what? Everything is all right. I have a peace. I'm good. God satisfied my soul and my lungs. He gave me a peace that even though everything's not going all peaches and cream, I'm good. Because he gave me a peace. Oh, I got to narrow the airport here. Do we worship him? In all struck fashion. The wise men searched. They sacrificed. They gave costly gifts. And fell into worship. Before the king. They fell. In obeisance before Jesus. But what about us? What are we doing? What about us? So we can preach about the wise men. It's a great Bible story. And I got my point across, but what about you and I? What about us? What are we doing? <clears throat> Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. There are sins, and then there are things that weigh you down. Anything that will occupy the place of Jesus in your life is a weight. I'm going to tell you right now. Anything you want to pick. You may say there's nothing sinful about this. But if it takes the time or the place of Jesus in your life, it's become an idol. And he'll have no idols before him. I just want to tell you today. <clears throat> it's all for Jesus. All for Jesus. That has to be your life. Christian life statement. Mission statement. It's all for Jesus. I'm all in. I'm all in. Because I'm going to share something with you. I believe I know God spoke it to me the other day, and I've never heard anybody say it before. But it will, I believe, resonate. Humility and submission are two different things. Because I can tell you, the rich young ruler came, and he was very humble in a sense before Jesus. He came, and his approach was very humble. But he wasn't submitted. 
there's a huge difference. I want to be humbly submitted to him. All the way. But he said, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us. That word patience is very important because people quit because they do not stay, as Pastor Lee said, with the gate of God, with the rhythm of God. We can get so discouraged because God may have promised something to us, but it's down the road a little bit. Don't quit before you get there. But people abandon it. Well, I'm not seeing results like I want to see. Don't you realize that you could be on the brink of a miracle? Naaman, the leper, if he'd have went down six times, he'd have never got his miracle. But he went down the seventh time. I'm telling you, all hell was screaming in his ear. You're making a fool out of yourself. Well, you know what? I'm going to go to the very end of this seventh dip. And he come up healed. Obey God. Submit to God. Laying aside every weight and sin. Run this race with patience that's set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Church, there is no kingdom without a king and without subjects. Are you a subject? A, a, a citizen of the eternal kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if you are, then that means you have to be a specific kind of person. Come on now. Amen. I'm part of this kingdom. There is no kingdom without a king and subjects. And we are the redeemed subjects of his kingdom. And it's eternal. So today... Maybe some of us need to come down and we need to ask God to forgive us because we forgot how we're supposed to order our life and how we're supposed to, as a Christian, worship our Savior, worship our King. You know, you can't just worship God when you feel like it, when everything's going good. People come into the house of God and they just stand there like this. And I'm like, come on, are you a child of God? Because I'm, I, I want to share something with you. You're going to miss out on the greatest blessing. But I don't feel, God, give what you have need of. Lord, I praise you. I worship you. In faith, I praise you and I worship you. There have been times I didn't feel anything. God said, just praise me. I mean, 15 minutes later, here I am. I'm boo-hoo and I'm crying. I'm praying in the spirit. I'm shouting. And the Lord comes down and boom, he just hits me. I'm like, oh. He said, if you'd have got up and walked on your way and said, well, what's the use? You'd have never received nothing, but you stayed. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. My dad was a kid. He was about eight years old, maybe nine years old. 
and all of his brothers, my dad had a, a ton of brothers. There was about seven of them. Stair step, my poor grandma. But one day, my grandpa, who was an alcoholic on my dad's side before he became a Christian, he said, I'm taking you boys to the circus today or carnival or circus or whatever. And my dad got his feelings hurt about something. So he said, you know what? I ain't going. I ain't going. And they kept saying, come on. We're in the car. We're going. Come on. They all got in the car. And his younger brother, Joe, came in, who he's closest to. And he said, we're leaving. Dad said, we're leaving. And he said, I'm not going. And he said, I sat there. And he said, I thought, you know, the next time they come in, I'll go. He said, five minutes passed by. Ten minutes passed by. Fifteen minutes passed by. He said, I went over there and I opened up that, wind, that curtain. And the car was gone. And he said, eight hours later, here they come in with their cotton candy and their stuffed animals. And they were just bouncing off the walls. Oh, you missed it, man. We did this. We did that. Oh, every one of them. He said seven times they came through. Every one of them. Oh, man, Terry, you should have been there. Just And he said every time one come in, I just, I thought, do not sit and pout. Do not sit and pout. When you can receive the greatest blessing if you'll just overcome you and worship Him. Let's worship the King of glory. And if you're here today... And you say, you know what, I need to pray through. I'm not right with God. I need salvation. I need a change in my life. This altar will facilitate everything you need. I don't even know why I'm going to say this, but there's three crosses up here, okay? There's a, if you need salvation, there's a cross right here. You can come right to the center right here and just say, Jesus, I need you to save me. Maybe you're going through something. You say, I, I, you know, I got problems in my life. I'm a Christian, but I'm going through something. Come on up here to, the, to the, that, that same cross will touch you. Amen. You say, well, I just, I want to come and praise him. Amen. Come on up here and praise him. Whatever you have need of today, get it from God. Don't waste the opportunity. Maybe you've been away. Maybe you've been backslid. Maybe you've been cold and indifferent. Today is your day of salvation. We want to worship him. We want to make things right. And if you are not a believer, amen. We got people that will pray with you.